Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. So glad you're here. If this is your first time, we want to say we hope it's not your last time and would invite you to click on the digital connection card up here in the corner and let us know who you are and how we might be of service, if there's a question you may have or how we might pray for you. And if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you and again, invite you to use that digital connection card to let us know how to pray or if there's a concern that you have. So grateful that you found time. A couple of things that we want to put in front of you. One, our friend Matt Skolnick, our general presbyter, is engaging in a series of articles through the Presbyterian Outlook, our uh, national magazine, helping to offer some conversation about how do we create stewardship of our faith. Matt has written several thoughtful articles that are going to appear. There's one currently. There's a link here in the worship notes, and I would uh, commend those to you to follow along as we think about the responsibility we have in this new season to steward well all that God's given us and what that means in the days and weeks and months and years ahead as we think about what the church looks like, not just a, a local church like Linden Road, but even the Presbyterian Church, but even he would suggest the larger church. Uh, how do we move into this new season? And I also want to share that I was able to do the Wednesday morning Bible study with our friends at uh, Heartfelt Radio. Unfortunately, Gabe was out sick, so it was just Mark and I in the studio together where we leaned into a fun conversation looking at the strange stories in Scripture, uh, the ones that pop out, especially in the Old Testament. So we looked at the story comes to us out of Isaiah 20, where the prophet is asked to preach naked for three years. It's like, what's up with that? And then also the story that comes from Elijah the prophet when he's uh, out and about uh, from 2 Kings chapter 2, and he has an encounter with some kids uh, who are jeering at him and he calls some bears out of the woods but I'll tease you with that and if you'd like to know more the link is also here in the worship notes where you can go and listen or watch uh, that uh, Wednesday morning experience. I'm grateful for our friends at Heartfelt Radio and the opportunities I get to do that every so often. It's always a, a great time. And finally we're leaning into a new series where I need your help. I've already gotten some input but we're doing a series called Got Questions and there's a link also here in the worship note that will open up a a dialogue box will allow you to put in a question or two that you may have that you'd like us to try to unpack. A couple questions I've gotten include one about the dinosaurs and human beings and how did they relate to each other and, and understanding the biblical narrative around that. And then even a question around the amazing uh, Solomon as he was such a wise person. At the same time, he had 700 wives and just wondering how to resolve those two. So there's a bunch of other questions too we'll lean into and we'll take the next couple of weeks and just try to unpack them. And this would be a great series for you to invite your friends to be a part of. Uh, again, you can share the link and say, hey, submit it and we'll see what happens uh, together. Because I think in this current season, there's lots of people who have questions about just faith and about God and just all the things that are going on. And we'd be happy to help tackle that. We are wrapping up this witness series. Man, it's been uh, 12 weeks. And what I want to do today is basically walk back through a quick overview of where we've been and then to talk about the simple strategy that I've suggested a number of times because that's really what this is all about, to be a witness, is the opportunity that we have to pray and to invite and to bring people into uh, conversations to know who Jesus is, that come and see and go and tell experience. And we're going to look at a story that you may know from the scriptures about a woman who had a messed up life, 
But I, I love the story that she tells because I think like many of us, our lives are broken and fractured. And so it gives us hope as we realize how we're all broken and how we need a relationship with Jesus Christ to rescue us from our sin. Let's recap where we've been. It's been a couple months. And in the, the previous weeks, where I began this series is with this idea that we are living in an upside down world. And in this season, it gives us an incredible opportunity to bear witness to how God loves and cares and for his provision in the midst of the messiness. And as we walk through that, we're, we're reminded that I drew on the wisdom of Van Vonskamp, a, a Christian author, who reminds us that we need to speak words that make our souls stronger and to be reminded that we can't be a pushover in our culture, that there's truth that we need to bring, but we need to do that with love. And then the next week we talked about what that meant, is this idea of uh, being kind to each other. You know, that was on Mother's Day. But looking at Mr. Rogers and realizing that there is a lot of people in the world who uh, don't know quite what to do, and this idea of kindness, that we can speak truth and love at the same time meet people where they're at. And then we leaned on some words from Derwin Gray, a pastor from Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, who is uh, at Transformation Church, working through how to be a multi-ethnic church. But he reminded us that it's our lifestyle, it's our dancing, he said, with the rhythms of grace. And he's drawing on some insights from the Apostle Paul about the rhythms that should be in our life as followers of Jesus, our prayer and solitude, our scripture study, that when we lean into that, that that understanding can actually, as we demonstrate that by just being who we are, can offer all sorts of amazing things to the people around us. And when they see us leaning into that, in particular when we're pushing through just difficulties and yet we can see God's provision and care, people are going to say, hey, how did you do that? And how do we reflect that well? And then we pointed to the whole issue of how our pain that we experience, our brokenness, can help shape and give purpose to other people. That out of the wounds that we've experienced can actually create an empathy and a sense of uh, journey that we can offer to others to show how God has shown up and how he has met us and can also meet them. And then we also talked about the idea that whatever we're going to do, we're going to do with, with the utmost effort, short of sin, to bring the truth of the gospel to bear into people's lives, to show them that uh, God loves them. And we talked about uh, the men and women that have gone uh, before us. We also talked about how uh, we celebrated in the midst of the series the uh, Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, which was a great moment for us to pause and be reminded that all these things that we're attempting to do, that we can't do them on our own, that we need the power of the Holy Spirit to meet us and to equip us to be able to bear witness to what God's doing, because that's where the power comes from. He's the one that makes it happen. And then we talked about passing the baton to our graduates, to the students who are moving into their next chapter of life, being reminded that we need to send them out well. And so we celebrated their lives, but also was reminded of the responsibility we have to continue to caretake and provide and to encourage them in their journey. And then we talked about character, right? We did that on Father's Day. But this idea about how our character matters and how the way we live our life can impact others. And then over the last couple of weeks, it's been more about being practical, if you will. Uh, the idea of what does it mean to come and see and go and tell. 
uh, that first of all, we have to commit to that uh, as a mindset. And it's all about us inviting, invite, invite, invite. It's simply that, that simple. Uh, and then we said that when you do those opportunities, that there are people, as you respond to life, who are listening to you. Remember we told the story about Paul and Silas who were in prison, how the prison guard was ready to take his life because he had thought the prisoners had escaped. And in the next moment, Paul and Silas say, no, we're here. And then uh, the amazing story that takes place there in Acts as they led him to faith, the jailer, and then his family and just how the kingdom grew. And then lastly, we talked about our serving, about how it's all about how we serve each other. And a reminder, too, that uh, how we work through love in the name of Christ and provide pots and pans, or how earlier in, in this month we were able to serve some of our homeless friends that live here in the community. And actually coming up in a couple weeks, we're going to serve another meal to our friends at St. Luke's. And so again, in this uh, series, where I want to land is just on the simple idea, and you've heard me say it a number of times, is a strategy that we want to unpack one more time on how we can reach our friends and neighbors with the hope of the gospel. So let's take a look in this final week at a story out of John chapter 4, verses 27 through 35. Let me read it. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. The story we pick up the tail end of is the the woman at the well. And it's the Samaritan woman, the woman who Jesus probably shouldn't have had any kind of relationship with. And yet he leans into a relationship with her which begins, what we, as we talked about last week, this ripple effect. I mean, take a look at this again. It's in this story that we see the strategy that we can all use to get our, our friends and neighbors to participate in what God's doing here in the local church. Uh, it's interesting that Jesus reminds her that she could continue to be thirsty by going to the well every day, but he wanted to offer her living water. He wanted to offer her himself. And so I want us to see, too, that as Jesus interacted with this woman, it wasn't something that he was supposed to do. I mean, the disciples uh, were surprised and shocked, right? But it's really how Jesus lived his life, that he was on mission to save those that were lost. So again, the main point I want us to see is the simple strategy of pray, invite, and bring. It's three words. Uh, First, that we commit to engaging people and bringing them. First, it's this idea of thinking about uh, people that need to come to church and be invited into what God's doing here. And then you need to write them down. And then together, we need to be praying that God would show up to be reminded, as we talked about, the power of the Holy Spirit, that we need his power to, to move in a way that will bring people into these opportunities. And then it comes back to us where we need to commit to invite them. to to bring them and to engage them in the opportunities ahead. 
So again, I, I want to say that it's, we're not just asking you to commit to something. Uh, that I actually want to give you a strategy that if you'll lean into it, that we'll be able to accomplish it together, that you'll be able to be equipped for reaching those around you, your family and your neighbors and your friends and your coworkers with the hope of the gospel, knowing who Jesus is. And what I'm talking about here is how do we pray and get uh, support for prayer? And then how do we do the invite? Because sometimes that can be awkward and odd. And then literally what it means to bring uh, someone and then to be reminded what the ripple effect is when we talk about evangelism, personal evangelism. So let's unpack first the whole strategy behind the invite. Well, let's look at Jesus. I mean, first of all, Jesus prayed. And it's not just praying. It's interesting that Jesus, we know, prayed all the time. In fact, in Luke chapter 5, the writer says this, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Why do you suppose Jesus prayed so much? Well, first of all, he was fully God, but he was also fully human. And he needed to be connected to his heavenly father. And so we know by his own story, as we looked at his life, is that he prayed often and he prayed frequently. And if Jesus needed to pray, then I guess it should suggest to us how much more we need to pray. And I think the model that I've learned is that it's the private prayer that produces the power in public. I mean, again, in Acts chapter 4, the writer says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Because, you see, the more time we spend in prayer, the more time we get close to God, and the more time that we have to listen to the Holy Spirit, and all that, when we lean into it together, allows us to become bolder. And so as you become bolder, you can't help but tell others who Jesus is. And to be honest, it's hard to witness without the Holy Spirit giving us boldness. Because at the end of the day, when you really think about it, we get bolder when we pray. Because what happens with prayer, we've talked about that a number of times, it's that it actually changes who we are. I mean, the idea, when we look at the story of uh, the Apostle Peter, uh, from him moving from denying Jesus three times to Peter being the great leader and the preacher that he is after being filled with the Holy Spirit. We know it's because he was prayed for. And then we know, too, that before Jesus would go to the cross and have to do the most bold thing ever, dying for us, for our sins, before he withdrew to the Garden of Gethsemane and prayed, I mean, this idea we need to see is that praying continued to give him the strength to witness to thousands. Yes, he was Jesus. He was. But his private prayer gave him strength to witness in public and to obey what God had called him to do. So again, trying to be practical here, how do we move into a season of engaging people around us? So I want to challenge you today. One, to, to begin praying specifically in two ways because I think being specific in our prayers can help focus our, our minds. First of all, I want you to ask God to give you boldness to witness. And then I want you to pray to God specifically for the people that you've listed. It's interesting here that in this story that we pick up the tail end of, the Samaritan woman, Jesus prayed and he had the wisdom and the strength and the boldness to approach this woman who he knew was not a Jew and he actually approached a woman who he wasn't supposed to have a conversation with. 
And what happened with that? It led to a life-changing circumstance, a life-changing situation. It led to her individual salvation. And it, again, it's this idea of the ripple effect. And then the impact that that has, as we'll look here in a moment, how the one person can start a mighty uh, impact. And so again, Jesus prayed, but then also Jesus invited. The second point here, again, in John chapter 4, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You see, what Jesus was doing with the woman at the well is he was inviting her into a relationship with him. He told her the gospel. He told her the truth. And at the same time, he knew that her life was messed up, and he knew that she needed to experience life change. I think this is what Matt Skolnick's trying to help us see in his shaping the dialogue about what it means to be stewards of the faith. Because the truth is, for all of us, our, before we met Jesus, our lives were totally messed up. And we needed Jesus to come and rescue us. That you needed Jesus, I needed Jesus. And the reality is we have friends and family and co-workers who need to have an encounter with the living God also. They need to meet Jesus and need to get plugged into his life-giving church. When we think about it, it's that they're going to the wrong well, just like this Samaritan woman, that they need to be going to a well of living water as Jesus invites her. And I know for many of us, it's you're going to say, well, I am not good at inviting. Well, I just thought I'd roll through a list of practical things that you could do to invite somebody. Because at the end of the day, it's about building relationships. And I would suggest, based on the things that I've read about evangelism and how to share our faith, is that the majority of people we encounter are waiting for an invitation. And through it all, if we begin first with prayer for God to bring about encounters, I think you'll see fruitfulness in that. I mean, some simple ideas. You could uh, take a friend to coffee. I think now that things have sort of settled down, we can gather again. Or how about this? When you come to church, or even when you're watching online, uh, you could uh, check in on your Facebook page or uh, on, uh, to say, hey, I'm checking out uh, the message from, from Linden Road this week. Watch it with me because uh, there's an ability to share these things now in a very simple way. The button's right here on this page. Or if you're able to do it, you might even record a short video on your phone and post it on your social media, on Instagram or on Facebook. Or send a text message to a friend and invite them to say, hey, join me in this. And the other thing to think about is to think about uh, who are your neighbors? How do you get to know them? Uh, because God has given you that place to where you live for a reason. And then some of us have some church swag. You, know, you can you know, bust out your Linden Road Church t-shirt, and or you've got another with a Christian saying on it that can at least begin conversation when you meet somebody. Or you could add an extra line on your signature on your email just to uh, automatically tell people, hey, check out my church, or uh, do you want to know Jesus, or got questions, or whatever it might be in your own creative way. And then to think about when we do outreach moments to, is to invite someone to come and be a part of that. As I mentioned, we're going to be serving a meal at St. Luke's here in a couple of weeks. And uh, again, it'd be a great way for you to be a participant in that. And so the list I just walked through, they are about you know, inviting people to something that the church maybe has going on. It, but is it all about the church? No, uh, because most people follow this pattern. It is this idea that they belong before they believe. 
And I think that's especially so in our current culture. I mean, it's interesting in this story about the Samaritan woman, the, you remember the, the Jews and the Samaritans weren't supposed to talk to each other. They were uh, basically enemies. And yet Jesus made the Samaritan lady feel like she belonged. And then what came from that? She believed. And I think that's the modern understanding today that people are going to belong first before they ever believe. And we get an opportunity to help shape that. People have to feel like they belong long before they take the next step of faith. And then finally, Jesus prayed and Jesus invited. Here's what happened. The, the Samaritan woman brought. It's interesting that Jesus didn't need to bring because he's Jesus, right? But what I think is amazing about the story is that the Samaritan woman believed and then she went and invited and then brought them to the place to meet Jesus. Here again, John chapter 4. Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Don't just invite someone to church. Be a bringer, as we want to say. If they need a ride, offer them a ride. Most people drive, so how do you bring them? Well, uh, one of the things you can do is tell them you'll meet them in the parking lot so you can walk in together. Or tell them that you've got a seat saved for them here in the building. And I know with the online, you have the opportunity to invite them into watching it with you. We've all learned how to do chat here online, and so there's a, the dialogue box right here on the online experience that allows you to interact. It's not as good as being together in person, but it is a tool that you can use to offer a point to have the next level of the conversation that you need to have with them. And then the question may be that we think about is that what are we bringing them to? Well, first of all, it's an opportunity to hear the life-saving message of the gospel. At the same time, it's also an ex opportunity to hear and experience the living water of Jesus and for them to lean in and to know that they don't ever have to thirst again. And it's interesting when we look at this story out of John chapter 4, because when you become a bringer, what happens? Well, it, here, verse 39, Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. Because of what Jesus said. Well, what did he say? Well, beginning of verse 32. He said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? And Jesus says, verse 34, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You see, that idea is as relevant today as it was for Jesus in his day. Because I want you to see that Jesus cares about the details. And so what is it that Jesus wants us to know? And what does he encourage us? He says there in verse 35 that we need to open our eyes and see that the fields are ripe for harvest. And I think especially as we've come out of this season over these last couple of years, as we're leaning back into a, a new lifestyle for many of us, a new normal, as we say, is there are many people who need to be encouraged to better understand who God is. And you get to be the opportunity to do that. And so I pray that you'll lean into that. Again, in the weeks ahead, as you think about next week, we're starting this new series on God Questions. It'd be a great way to, to say, hey, at church, we're leaning into a new message series where you to ask those questions they may have about faith, about God, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit, and submit them. And we'll lean into it together. And then you can invite them to watch online or to join us in the building as we unpack what those things mean. As I said here today, People need to have a sense of belonging before they're going to believe. And so let's help them do that. And so let's pray. 
God, I pray that it is in this season that you give us opportunities uh, to be bold in our witness, to invite others to be part of the story that you're writing. Thanks for loving us. Thanks for equipping us. Thanks for bringing us to this point, for putting us in a relationship with others. And help us leverage that for the kingdom. Help us uh, bear witness to what it is that you're doing so that as we come and see, we can go and tell all that you have for us to bring life. Bring life and to bring rescue. And we just thank you for all that and we pray in your strong name. Amen.